it was just the most life-changing experience I've ever had because you realize that the person you were when you were young is still with you and there's so much you can learn from her and so much that you owe to her or or to him it was a great reminder of that What's up, what's up? Anthony Bascalia here with another episode of the Clear Lens Movement, where I interview guests that inspire and educate others to have a more fulfilling life. If it's your first time listening in on the show, welcome. I interview guests with perspectives in health and wellness, emotional intelligence, psychology, social science, leadership, and killer life experience that can inspire others to have a more fulfilling life. Today's featured guest is Eden Bernstein. Eden is a digital marketing consultant and is starting law school at UNLV William S. Boyd School of Law in August with a full ride scholarship and the Dean's Merit Grant. Eden is a cat mom and lover. She is currently in a relationship with her soulmate. Eden is in the process of having her better late than ever bar mitzvah. She has recently fallen in love with domestic traveling via motorcycle has done international traveling to Cuba, Costa Rica, and Israel, and is gearing up for a Canadian trip as well as a trip to Africa and Dubai. Now, Eden, as you sit in the gold seat during this interview, you will need a golden item. What gold item did you bring on the show and what does it mean to you? Wow, I feel like a princess in a gold (laughs) seat right now. (laughs) I have my golden notebook that I really don't go anywhere without. Yes. So you carry that around and just and jot down things that are happening, that are, that are special moments to you? Yes, definitely. Ideas, special moments. I also like to write poetry. So most of the time I'm jotting down something to finish later, beginning of a poem or a metaphor that comes to my mind or something beautiful that I see and want to on later. So right now I have a golden notebook and it's about halfway full. But if I don't have this one, I always have something with me. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's nice. I mean, I've always been a fan of of again writing down those thoughts as they come to me and and it's so true how how important it is to get them down on paper cuz technology is is taken over and I mean I know you have the notebook but do you do you sometimes switch to technology or do you think it's so much better to have it have it written down on paper Oh gosh that is the question so I definitely think there's something powerful about writing things down on paper and with a pencil um mm-hmm. this is pretty off the walls, but I do hypnotherapy. Um, I haven't recently, but I did hypnotherapy for a while. And my hypnotherapist, so amazing. She's my spiritual guru. And she always talks about the power of uh, using natural things to write your ideas. I know for one that I feel way more connected when I'm in the trees or in the grass, just around nature. And having a wooden pencil on paper is an extension of that. And it's so much better for me than writing on a computer. But eventually I do transfer it onto the computer. It's unavoidable, I'd say, in this <laughs> day and age. You got to do it eventually. No, yeah, I think that you're so true, right? Like eventually you have to put it put it onto the computer and onto the internet, you know, to get seen, right? I mean, because that's just where the, the day and age is. But I like how you say it starts with, you know, nature. And it all, I think everything does, right? You're saying it just starts from the nature point of view. And so should your work and then translate it to, you know, maybe making it more like applicable to everyone else. But yeah, I like that. Yeah, I think that's a, such a great and an important thing. So thanks. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure you understand that. I'm sure you go through the same struggle. (laughs) (laughs) That's true, right? You do want to keep it, keep it as natural, a natural life as possible. And, 
And it's true when you are kind of handicapped with society telling you that you need the iPhone and the iPad to, to live a successful life. But yeah, I think. Right. Well, both, you know, it's a double edged sword. We wouldn't yeah. have this podcast without the Internet. Oh, so that's so true. Right. Like, it works for you, too. And I know that I wouldn't be able to get my poems out as efficiently if I didn't have the Internet. But for my own clarity of mind, my own clear lens, I'd like to have it on natural <laughs> products first. <laughs> there we go. I like that. I like it. Um, so now share with gold members about your inspiration of domestic traveling via motorcycle. I think that's awesome. And I want to hear, oh my gosh, hear from you. It is so awesome. So my boyfriend and I have been dating a little bit um, under a year now, and he is my soulmate. I love him so much. Mm-hmm. And I taught him about vision boards. So yes. I was out of town and he went, he had some motivation and just went out and bought a ton of magazines and his vision board. He's super excited about it. And I get back in town and I look at his vision board and I see right there in the middle is a picture of a couple next to a motorcycle in the sunset. And I was a little bit upset when I saw this picture because I know it's something he deeply cared about and I wanted to give it to him, but I was terrified of motorcycles. My dad was in a motorcycle accident, so he always pounded it in my head. Never get on a motorcycle. And then I see this picture and I'm like, oh, but his dream and my worries, like, what do I do? So I promised him I would try it. Luckily, my stepdad has seven motorcycles. He's a motorcycle collector. Mm. I told my boyfriend that I would have my stepdad take me on a ride. So one day I asked him and he was super excited to take me. So I get on his motorcycle through Red Rock. And if you don't know what Red Rock is, it's a mountain range in Las Vegas. You know, I'm not actually good with my geographical terms. It might not be a range. I don't know how that works, but (laughs) mountains in Vegas that are red. He took me through them at sunset. It was so beautiful. And I can't describe the feeling, the difference of being a motorcycle instead of in a car. When you're in a car, it feels like you're in a bubble. And that bubble's great because it makes you feel safe. But at the same time, what keeps you in uh, keeps other things out. And the things that are being kept out are the natural elements around you and the beauty and everything that you're supposed to be connected to, you're being separated from. So I really like traveling on a motorcycle now. I'm totally obsessed with it. I would also say another part about traveling on a motorcycle that's so great is the trust that it's built between me and my boyfriend. Mm. Um, He drives me and he's been riding for a while. I would say, I don't remember, I think between like five and 10 years and he's built a motorcycle from scratch. But you know, even with all that experience, you're still a little hesitant to put your life in someone else's hands, especially when you realize if anyone's listening to this and they've ridden on a motorcycle, if you can recall your first time, I don't know, have you ridden on a motorcycle? Oh yeah. I got, I got my motorcycle license this year, actually. Oh gosh. Okay. So then you'll understand the first time you get on it, you really realize how fast you're going. And even though you go that fast in a car, it's a totally different feeling when you're not buckled in, you're on a motorcycle. And so the trust that it's built between me and my boyfriend, that I can watch him and see how alert he is and see my, how much respect he has for my life and his life and, and what's going on around us. And he never bats an eye. He's always paying attention to the road and what's going on. And it's really built a lot of trust between us. So this past weekend, we went to Utah. It was our second trip that we've done. And we went with his parents and my parents. And it was such an incredible bonding experience. It really was. Oh it was amazing. God. Wouldn't have been that way in a, in a car. Yeah. No chance. I can imagine. Yeah. I mean, like I, I've just been like putting around locally 
and it's in, it's so much fun. It really is. It's just such a rush. And you're right. And like, I never thought of it in like the terms that you put, like driving in a car. I mean, I knew that was like, you know, in somewhat of a bubble. But the fact that, you know, it, it also blocks out other, you know, sensations and experiences that you could be having if you were on the road itself and like really, really in tune with with what's going on around you. I like exactly. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Dang, I'm so I'm actually inspired myself. I'm like, dang, where could I go? Yeah, yes, you have me... to pick a place. There's so many great blogs and articles about motorcycle rides. We went through Zion, if you know where that's at in yes. Utah. And we uh, made our way over to Duck Creek. And I had never seen something so wonderful, so green and mountains, how high they were and Zion and just nothing else in in the United States that looks like that. So cool. Oh man. Yeah, definitely. You're right. Gotta, gotta pick a destination. I think that's right. The first, the first step is to pick somewhere and then plan around that, how to get there and get it done. Yeah. You have to keep me updated. I hope to see some pictures. (laughs) Will do. Will do. So now Eden, I want to switch it up with maybe your biggest influence in your life. And I want to know what has that person maybe taught you? You know, I talked a little bit earlier about how my dad pounded in me not to ride a motorcycle. And the reason that was such a big deal is because my dad is definitely my greatest influence and not in the way that one would imagine. We've had our highs and lows and our ups and downs, probably more exaggerated than most people have with their fathers. And that has been a lesson of itself. Mm-hmm. The lesson has been learning how to argue with someone and how to have a difference in opinion with someone who's so close to you and how to put family and love before that. So that's been the biggest lesson I've ever learned in my life. Mm-hmm. And I learned it because of my dad. And then also, he's such an amazing man, even though we have differences. He's such an amazing man. And he's always, always taught me that doing the right thing is number one, more important than doing something that benefits you, more important than doing something that sounds fun at the time, doing the right thing, doing right by others and doing right by yourself for your health and your wellness. He's the one that taught me that. And he always pushed me to eat healthy and do yoga and meditate. And these are ideas that he introduced to me when I was five years old. So having that foundation to grow up with was really something that I'm grateful for. And I feel blessed to have had it. Wow. Like, it sounds like he was definitely on the on the forefront of. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just living a very healthy, natural life. Right. Because he's now mm-hmm. you said he was advertising to you, his daughter, to do yoga and just be mindful and just be healthy in general. And that's like now all the craze at the right. moment. And, right. you know, I, yeah, it's just it's so interesting because I did see a picture uh, that you've posted uh, doing yoga with your father. And so I, I honestly, <laughs> I first thought, I mean, I think the caption does say like you got that for him. And so I thought in my mind, I was like, oh, he, she's getting her father to do yoga. But I, I didn't think, yeah, it's obviously the other way around. He first maybe inspired you when you were young and then you just held on to those values. Oh, yeah. I remember growing up the house that I was born in, we had Buddhas everywhere and I would catch him meditating and we're Jewish and he was the president of our temple. So I would catch him wrapping his tefillin, which is a really a meditative ceremony that or not ceremony, but I guess ritual that you do if you're Jewish and I would just always see him so connected to God and so connected to himself 
and I was mm. eating right and worked out every single day. So I can't tell you how important of a lesson that is. Yeah. It's not an easy thing to learn. So to have had it instilled in me is pretty lucky. No, seriously. That's, that's such a great role model, someone to have in your life. And, and I like it. And, you know, just kind of this hearing, like saying this question again out loud and hearing what you had said earlier with your first question about like, you know, hip, hypnotherapy. And you said that that was almost like your spiritual guru. And if you maybe want to take a minute to to explain her kind of influence on you, too, because I think that's something so unique and something worth worth sharing. Definitely. So this is a story that I don't tell very often, but I feel like it's an empowering and an important one. You know, that's kind of the message of the show. So I'm going to open up a little bit. There we go. Last year, I had a really rocky point in my life. I'd say it was probably the rockiest. I didn't really know where to go. I felt like I had tried therapy. I had tried my meditation. I had tried reading and writing. And I felt like the hole kept getting deeper and I didn't know where the light was at the end of it. So I met someone that had actually a good friend of mine is who it was that told me about her. She had been doing hypnotherapy and she had ADD and some other issues that, you know, I don't want to mention on the podcast, but it had really worked for her. She told me about this hypnotherapist and I thought I'd give her a try. I was a little bit skeptical. And I went to her the first time and we talked for, I think, four hours about everything in my life, how I was feeling. I didn't feel rushed. I felt like she was listening. And that's half of the, that's half the battle is like finding someone who will truly listen to you. I've been through therapy and I've been through all sorts of things, life coaches and blah, blah, blah. And they talk more than they listen. So to have someone sit there with you for four hours and give you their undivided attention is really an incredible thing to find. And then after that, I went under, I'm doing some air quotes right now under. <laughs> it was so bizarre. The first time I did it, you lay down in this chair and she puts three blankets over you and she takes this rock thing and this chime and all of these things. She opens up your chakras and I had no idea what was going on. I was not that into all of that stuff at the time. Then she starts speaking and her voice changes and you feel like you're stuck to the chair, but it's comfortable. You know that if you needed to move, you could move, but you just have no desire in the world to move anything on your body. Mm. So you're stuck there and you can hear that she's speaking and you can hear what she's saying, but it's almost like your thinking mind, your narrating mind is turned off and only your listening, observing, subconscious mind is turned on. So it's like a flow of words wow. going into your brain. It's really a cool sensation. And at the end of it, you feel either totally exhausted or totally rejuvenated because you're doing heavy mental work and your body wants to fight it. So I remember that first time I felt totally exhausted, but it was amazing. The next day I woke up, I had already broken a ton of habits that I wanted to break just after that first session. And still to this day, haven't gone back to those habits. One of them was waking up. I was just totally lethargic waking up at one in the afternoon, upset, depressed, didn't want to leave the house. The next day, I woke up at six in the morning, got up, went to yoga, worked out, like, felt great, started my day, ate right. And that's still today is, is my is my routine. And I haven't seen her in a while. So it's really lasting and awesome. After that, we just worked on more and more and more. I'd say I want to highlight like one session I had with her, which was really cool. 
there was a session where I came in and we were talking a lot about my childhood and my past. And when I went under that time, she had me picture myself as a little girl. And as soon as she said that, I started crying. But I didn't realize I was crying because my mind was in limbo. And she had me picture what I would say to that girl. And she talked through a conversation with me and had me hug her and love her. And it was just the most life-changing experience I've ever had because you realize that the person you were when you were young is still with you and there's so much you can learn from her and so much that you owe to her or or to him. It was a great reminder of that. So that was definitely the highlight of my hypnotherapy. Oh my goodness. That is that is so incredible. I, I love it. I think that is, is such a, a great story. I'm glad you shared it because I know you said you were a little hesitant in the beginning, but I thought that was such a a great piece to you and just to also share that with the world like this. And yeah, how true is that, though? I mean, like life will get you down. Right. And like there's moments I think everyone is sharing the like, oh, you know, life can just be just on, you know, just horrible at times. And we all need those types of moments and those types of people who can bring out, you know, the best in us that everyone again has. And I love that they they took it back to, you know, just your childhood and just the person that you were, you know, potentially was, you know, I can imagine was just this innocent girl that just always wanted the good and the best in the world. And and maybe you had lost and maybe you lost a little bit of that, like positivity and like optimistic side that life can have. And and then, yeah, then right back on it. And and yeah, it's just it's so powerful, though, because like now I've been I've been hypnotized, but it was only like a fair And it was like, it was embarrassing. I mean, it was embarrassing. And I was, yeah, like it was. What did they have you do? Oh, man. Uh, They just, it was like, honestly, it's one of my most embarrassing stories. Like when people were like, oh, like share an embarrassing story. And I'm like, yeah, it is definitely the time I was hypnotized because she like made me. Again, I know exactly what you mean. Like sh- sh- you can hear her words and you're conscious. Yeah, I'm like aware of it. And like, again, you just don't want to move, though. Like it's so th- soothing to like hear mm-hmm. the words. And so like I could move and I could be like, no, this is dumb. But it just felt like there was no embarrassment, even though I was in front of hundreds of people. And and yeah, she had me like like chase her around. And like she was like the most attractive woman on stage and it was yeah i was like chasing her around and everyone i don't know like and then after everyone's like yeah everyone's like just (laughs) laughing at me and i was just like i didn't know what was going on and they're just like describing like those types of things that she was having me do and i was like oh man like i had no idea and like isn't it wild yeah it's it is you don't believe it until it happens to you yeah it's it's yeah, it's so true. Like, I guess like in theaters, you can see it as like, oh, man, like you're out of control. It's like, but you're not like out of control. It's just you're just really like content. And yeah, I like the words you're yeah. saying. Yeah, um, that's the best word for it. You're just content. You're, you're just, just cool. Whatever. Yeah. And like because yeah. they say like, oh, like what if they like told you to kill somebody? And I'm like, no, like I think I'd snap into it and be like, no, like that's something that I might have a draw the line. But it's never they don't ask you to do things that are like going to hurt anyone else. And so right, you just right. go with it. You're like, yeah, sure. Like, but yeah, so I, I like that, though. I think that that is, is super important. And yeah, again, if anyone is listening to this as a hypnotherapist in their area, I know it's hard to find one. But if you do, you should definitely try it out. It's amazing. Yeah. Even if it's just for one session. Yeah, just to give it a give it a shot. I think I, I'm honestly going to do it. I'm going to like after this show, I'm going to be like looking them up and be like, 
hey, I want an experience like that again, but in a more positive way. I want to hug. In a beneficial way. Yeah, yeah. I want to hug my inner child because it's so funny you say that and you use that as an example because I had that thought today where I was like, dang, like, you know, I'm like working on the podcast, editing, it's a lot. And I was like, man, like when I was a kid, I would just like climb trees and I would just like ride my bike around and hang out with the neighbor friends. And man, what a life, what a childhood I had. Like it was so much fun. And then, but just to hear that, like she brought you back to that moment and like to remind you that you are always with your childhood person, like, you know, childhood persona that you should just like hug them every now and then and go back to just those kid-like ways to just refresh and recharge. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you understand it perfectly. That was totally what I got out of it. Okay. And um, also going back to a time before you had pain, really, and remembering what that felt like and knowing that there's nothing stopping you from being there right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? So, so powerful. I mean, the next question I had for you was, um, you know, sharing a time in your life when you when you have felt al most alone. Would that be did we already cover that or do, would you want to share more about any of that? You know, um, there is a time where I felt a little bit more alone oh, wow. and not alone in, in a depressed sense, but like physically alone, which mm -hmm. is a totally different sensation. Mm -hmm. I lived in Costa Rica for seven months and I always tell everyone, think less keeping up with the Kardashians and more survivor. It was like the armpit of Costa Rica where it was a port city. So where the drugs came in and crime and disease. And I was living right in the heart of it above a DVD shop where they used to pirate movies and illegally print them out and sell them from this DVD shop. But they also <laughs> oh, sold like food and stuff. And then I lived on top of that. And Jeez. I did it as part of a study abroad program, but I signed up super last minute. I didn't even look at where I was going. It was very impulsive. And I definitely ended up where I was supposed to be. But at the time, I didn't know that. And when I got there, no one spoke a word of English. And I had taken 14 years of Spanish classes. And I quickly realized the first night when I clogged the toilet that I did not know any real Spanish. <laughs> so being in a place where you don't know anyone, you don't speak the language. I got ringworm my first week there and all sorts of rashes and crazy bites and fevers uh. and all sorts of stuff. And I had never felt more alone, but it caused me to start writing and writing at that time. I had never done it before. And I realized the first time I put the pen to the paper and started talking about my thoughts that this was the thing I wanted to do for the rest of my life in some capacity. So I credit, I guess, finding my passion, finding my calling, unlocking so many different parts of myself and introspection that I had never experienced before, um, all as a result of, of being alone. And I think it's important to be alone sometimes, like physically alone and, and be with yourself and be with your thoughts because eventually you're, you're going to have to get to know yourself. No, yeah, that's super important. And I'm, I'm so glad you hit on that. And, and yeah, what a what an incredible experience to to be had and right unlocking like your potential, right? Like you have this gift, I'm sure of now writing and you've just realized that. And wow, it's, it's so cool how you got to figure that out traveling and studying abroad. Gold members, don't go anywhere. We will be right back after a word from our sponsors. Have you ever wanted to change the world? Maybe you wish to see a kinder world. 
Well, now you can with clear lens movement. Clear lens movement created glasses that have, well, clear lenses, and they symbolize a person seeing the world with a fresh perspective, free from hatred and stereotypes, and treating others with a little more respect regardless of who you see in front of you. Clear lens movement is taking these glasses and passing them out to others in kind ways. Some people pass them out with a compliment while others leave them at the register after paying for the person behind them in line for coffee. On all the glasses, there's a unique tracker code. This code can be tracked online in real time. So start a clear lens in California and watch it bounce around the country to New York or anywhere in the world for that matter. What are you waiting for? Head on over to clearlensmovement.com and see for yourself all the clear lenses in the world. Be sure to stop by the Clear Lens Movement store on the website and order your very own Clear Lens and join the movement. And we are back. Eden, I want to know about your high school life and maybe who were your best friends in high school and what were they like? Oh, I love looking back on that. That's such a great question. Does everyone get that one or am I special? You're actually the first one to get this one. Nice. I know. I love it. Um, my high school friends were total nerds. Sorry if you're all listening, but in the best way possible, I was on the mock trial team and accelerated classes and stuff. So my social life was all school. I did theater, student government, speech and debate, mock trial. My best friends did that with me and they taught me so much. I look back on high school and I look back on all of the educational things that I did. And I realized that I learned more from these people than I learned from anything else that I did. They made it bearable. And they're the reason why I'm in law school today or about to start law school with a full ride and have a passion for school. When I started high school, I didn't think I had that passion. And then meeting these great people and joining in their activities was really inspiring to me and, and taught me that there was a whole nother side to myself that I didn't know was there. And I'm so thankful for that. Oh, that's so good. It's so good to hear that you had some some besties in high school and, and yeah, that they that they true and inspired you and and they keep that going in your life. And now my one of my final questions for you is do you Believe in love at first sight, Eden. Yes and no. That's a hard question. I believe that we are attracted to things that we are supposed to be close to. Mm. And I don't think that's necessarily necessarily love. I think love is built and love is earned over time. But I think there is a calling at first sight, it's like Cupid's arrow getting shot through your heart. And you're like, <laughs> okay, got to pay attention to this one, but it's not necessarily love. Yeah. So it might be that the, the balance of like lust and seeing if it turns into maybe, maybe the love. But I wouldn't even say lust because mm. I think that there are friends that you feel that way about. Mm, where that's true. That's very true. You're just attracted to them instantly. And you know that you're supposed to be close to them and know them and share some life with them and you can't explain why you just you feel like they're supposed to be in your life and I think that's the same feeling when you meet someone that you'll eventually love in a romantic way I think it starts out the same way it's a call to them mm -hmm. oh yeah awesome this is a great great answer so let's end inspired and share maybe the best advice you have ever received okay so when I was little I did an art class I think I started when I was three and I stopped when I was like 12. I did it forever. It was actually my first job. I helped her with her younger kids and she paid me in borders. If you don't have that, it's a bookstore gift cards. I loved that art class and she would have 
these quotes that we would read at the end of every class. Didn't matter how old you were. The youngest class would read them and the oldest class would read them. And they would take like five to 10 minutes to read from the sheet. And we would eventually have them memorized of just famous, inspiring quotes. This lady was really remarkable and she has now passed away. Her name was Joyce. And we would call these quotes Joyce's Choices. And I remember that the first one was definitely my favorite one. So that's my piece of advice. It was life begets light, energy begets energy. By spending oneself, one becomes rich. And now that I'm an adult and I understand what that means a little bit more, sometimes I feel like being pulled all over the place with my energy, like I'm spending too much of myself. And maybe I should stop. Maybe I should rest more. Maybe I should be more selfish with my time. And then I realized that the energy that I'm spending makes me who I am. And it gives me a total renewed passion for life and for all of the commitments I have and ways that I spend my energy and realizing that um, at the end of it, I'm a sum total of, of those choices. And that was another one of her quotes. That's awesome. I love how that you heard it and you you loved it when you were young and now you're just applying it fully to your adult life. And it makes a lot more sense to you now. And how true are those words, right? If you have any questions about this episode with today's guest or myself, please reach out to clearlensmovement.com and comment under the show notes page. Remember, gold members, life isn't how you fall, but how you stand back up that matters. So never give up. Thank you, Eden, for being on the show, and I wish you the very best in your journey. See ya! And if this episode hasn't inspired you enough, head on over to the Clear Lens Movement website and see the tracker map that displays the wave of goodness that is spreading around the world. From the tracker map, you can click on any pair of glasses to read how Clear Lens Movement changed that person's view after receiving the glasses. Become a gold member and buy Clear Lens Movement glasses today and start your own kindness movement in your city. To support more kindness and this show, Go to clearlensmovement.com. Thank you.